This interview with Bruce Moriarty is brought to you by Fly Sheridan. Save time, fly local. The Sheridan County Airport has reliable air service operated by SkyWest Airlines. With newly remodeled terminal, construction for additional parking, and daily flights to Denver, Sheridan is quickly becoming one of the busiest airports in the region. Book today via united.com. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. Now back to our interview with Bruce Moriarty. back in Wyoming knuckleheads. This is another episode of Go Be Wyoming. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Gray. I've got Carter Wells running the board and the cameras for me. Um, and today our special guest is Bruce Moriarty, um, movie producer, director, um, you know, that uh, hangs out here in Northern Wyoming. So Bruce, thanks for stopping by the studio, especially with this uh, uh, early fall storm that we're getting. Thanks for having me, boys. Did you, uh, did you bring your dog sled in? <laughs> No, I brought my old truck. Yeah. <laughs> I love that text. I was kind of like, that'd be a funny sight if you were yeah, coming yeah. in on a dog sled here to the studio. Yeah, but actually, um, I've been on a, I used a dog sled in Alaska once on a movie. Anyway. Awesome. We, we can get into that. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, so Bruce, thanks for coming by. We're going to get into your, the movie career and the producing, all that stuff. But um, the show is called Go Be Wyoming and you've got a connection to Wyoming, of course. Um, yeah. But you um, were born in Ontario, Canada. Correct. Um, you know, um, and then you were a cowboy, right? It's a very rural area, similar to um, here. Yeah, I was a combination, actually, cowboy, quote unquote. Uh, but I also worked a lot with racehorses. Okay. And in Ontario, uh, I rodeoed some, but most of my horse career in Canada was with in the racehorse industry. Racehorsing. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I, uh, I have a weird connection to the Tates. Have you ever met the Tates yeah. out here? Yeah. Um, so interesting. That's racehorsing in the horse industry out here. Is a, there's a cool connection to Northern Wyoming. So awesome. Yeah. Um, so, um, so racehorsing, you're rodeoing a little bit. Um, and then I think we were talking off air a little bit. Your connection to down here to Wyoming was uh, Fred Larson. Originally, um, uh, uh, yeah, a fellow by the name of Fred Larson who uh, lives down on the North Platte. <laughs> Uh, I guess near Douglas, Wyoming, <laughs> as I remember. It's been a while since I've been to his place. And he's uh, quite the prolific character. Awesome. You all love him if you ever met him. How'd you, uh, how'd you guys meet? Because I think you said you met him during rodeoing. We met rodeo, but then uh, we really got to know each other on a movie that we shot in Canada called Harry Tracy Desperado. And he... Uh, he played one of the posse cowboys and he did a little bit of stunt work for me and, and we just became really good friends. Good friends. Gotcha. Okay. And he's like, you got to come see central Wyoming. Yeah. We, we kind of, after the film, we jumped in the truck and here and showed up here. Yeah. It's good. North, did, uh, are you a big fisher, uh, fly fisherman or anything? I am not or? actually. <laughs> I, now that I'm getting a little long in the tooth. I've been thinking about fly fishing. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, if he's on the North Platte, there can't be a better spot to go uh, fly fishing. Well, he's never told me. Maybe that's his secret. <laughs> that's, yeah, I was going to say, maybe that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. Um, well, what was your first impression then? So you jumped, you guys just jumped in a truck and you're- Came you're, to Wyoming. Yeah. What was uh, your first impression of Wyoming that you can remember? It was, uh, it was something I really liked back then. 
Uh, I mean, we came, we drove, so we came through Montana, Wyoming, uh, and I had already spent a lot of time in America, but more south in New Mexico, Texas, California. So Wyoming was a was a pleasurable experience at, mm. at that time. Sure. So let's go back to your rodeoing and racehorsing. How okay. did you, um, what, what was kind of your start into movies? Um, my start in, into movies was actually in Canada, in Ontario. Um, there was a fella up there who had a dude ranch. His name was Charlie McVitie. He was an old Hollywood cowboy, I think, from years ago. And he, uh, I used to, when I was a kid, I took out dude rides for him. But he built himself a little film studio up there. And so whenever they needed a kid to get rescued by the dog, fall off, you know, fall off the horse in the river, whatever, it was me. Um, and then the, actually the film industry in Canada became pretty busy back in those days. We did movies like uh, all kinds of movies, a lot of TV shows. Um, I think one of the biggest films I did in Ontario was a film called Equus. Okay. Richard Burton and, and that group. Uh, I trained the horse for young Peter Firth to ride uh, for that film. And then then I came to America. How old were you when, you, when he started asking you to kind of be the... Oh, I was maybe 10, 11 year old. Oh, wow. So early on. Yeah, okay. I was young. I mean, I was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a job. It was for fun. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, now it's going to lead me into the next question. I mean, that you've got this great experience of kind of it's fun and um, you've got early experience. Is that kind of what kept you doing it? You know, kept yeah, you with horses? That and, and I mean, I got to say, I took a break from it for a while and ended up pretty busy at the racetrack, galloping horses. And I was also a jockey valet in the in the jocks room so I used to take care of jockeys and saddle horses every day and I also worked uh, I used to fly horses around the world with an outfit uh, out of Canada okay uh, and eventually that led me to Kentucky uh, where I opened up an office for the transportation company and then that led me into uh, California and working for, uh, again, racehorse business with, ended up working for Desi Arnaz Sr. and Robert Mitchum and various people, which then really led me into the movie business. Gotcha. What is, what is one of the most um, rewarding experiences in the racehorsing business that you uh, remember or cherish? Um, well, I got to work with a lot of good horses. I got to fly Secretariat, uh, and I knew the whole group around Secretariat, the, the jockey, the trainer, the owner, and I ended up flying him to his last race when he retired in Canada. Okay. And uh, so that was a, a big moment in my life. Uh, yeah, I mean, many, many things in the racehorse industry, winning certain races around the country. And sure. What, what was that experience like, uh, when they retired, well, that was secretariat's last race. Yeah. Um, what, what, cause he won. In fact, uh, the day, 
the day he uh, he ran that race was the International, I think, was the name of the race. And Ronnie Turcott was always Secretariat's writer. But at this particular day, he had been suspended for a writing infraction. So, if I'm not mistaken, a guy named Eddie Maple had to ride him that day, uh, which was was a bit of a letdown for Ronnie because it was his last race before he went to stud. Uh, but he won, and everybody celebrated, and mm-hmm. we had a good time that night. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> um, and then um, you said transportation business, but is that with r- racehorses? Is that what you're? Yeah, I flew. I flew racehorses. Okay. Olympic teams. I flew elk to New Zealand. Uh, all kinds of different animals around the world. Wow. So your pilot? No, I oh. was with, with the animals on board. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Taking care of them while they're yeah. flying. Okay. Awesome. Loading them, unloading them, yeah. taking care of them while we're flying. You said elk to where? New Zealand. What was that for? Well, the uh, crazy New Zealand boys, bless their hearts. <laughs> they used to buy elk in Canada, take them to New Zealand and raise them up some for meat, but they would sell the elk horn to the Asians as an aphrodisiac. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, but that was fun trips. Okay. And then that led you obviously into California, still kind of doing the racehorsing, things like that. Racehorses and then, and then, uh, and movies. I mean, I'd already done a couple of bigger movies in Canada before I went to California. Okay. So you kind of been dipping your toes and everything, you know, how did they, um, you know, your early childhood being around horses, race horsing, you know, how did that prepare you for, um, you know, kind of going full into the movie business? Uh, I got lucky. I was lucky enough to do a movie called Black Stallion, which, uh, was shot in Canada partly and, uh, part in Sardinia. And I was asked if I would work on the movie as, as a wrangler. And so that's how I kind of got introduced to the bigger leagues of Mm, movies and, and horse involvement, uh, which then led me to, to know people like Francis Ford Coppola and, who eventually Francis was the one that got me into the Directors Guild of America. Okay. Uh, I did a second Black Stallion movie in Morocco and Italy with him. And after that, he, he was gracious enough to help me get in Directors Guild. Directing, yeah. So what's the kind of, as you said, there's so there's kind of steps. So being a wrangler, how's that different from being kind of just uh, maybe a stunt stuntman or a uh, Well, it was rider. a combination of. Okay. Uh, uh, I was the one responsible for getting the horses to the set every day. In the case of the first Black Stallion, all the horses around the Black Stallion in his famous race, there was, I think it was a four or five horse race. I bought and trained all those horses for the movie. Second Black Stallion movie, I went to Morocco eight months before the company and bought and trained all the desert horses for the big desert race that happened in the second Black Stallion movie. Uh, so it, it was, yeah, a combination of wrangling and training. And, and then you're probably in charge of everybody then, yeah. you know, of who rides the horses and when they're filming and things like that. I mean, the actual trainer of the Black Stallion was a 
bless his soul, he's dead now, a guy named Glenn Randall Sr., who also trained uh, all the Ben-Hur horses and went back many, many years in the industry. And I got to work with him in California as well, uh, which was a pretty great experience. Awesome. So, so Black Stallion was kind of your, your big break. And then, uh, as you mentioned, you, um, had some help getting into the director's guild. I did. Um, talk about, you know, why, um, cause I, this is all new to me. So what's the director's guild and then how is that important for you to get kind of into that director's chair? Well, actually assistant director, uh, as opposed to director. Um, it's, it's kind of the, it's like, it's like screen actors guild. It's, okay. If you're a member, then you get to do the bigger movies and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what everybody belongs to that does all these movies. All the big ones. Yeah. And is that a hard process? Do you have to have, do you have Back to Back in those days, it was, uh, wasn't as difficult as it, was, as it is now. Now it's more difficult to get in. Okay. I got in, uh, cause of my, cause I was also a member of the Directors Guild of Canada. So that between that experience and Francis prompting it, I became a member. Gotcha. And then, so get you into the guild. Um, which, what, what was the first movie that you were assistant uh, director on? My first guild movie. Let me think. What was it? Uh, or maybe the first one you can remember. I think it was Cat's Eye. Okay. Which was a movie we made in Wilmington, North Carolina. Was that the first one? Anyway, uh, and that was a movie with Drew Barrymore and various, when she was a child, actually, and various actors that Jim, Jimmy Woods and, and uh, what was the... What was the, what was the plot? <laughs> it was, oh, shit, what was the plot? I'm sorry, my language. No, you're okay. No. <laughs> uh, it was about this cat that kind of led us through... All these different stories and situations. It's a long time ago, boys. Um, that uh, he was kind of like the traveling cat. That okay. That uh, it was a Stephen King book. Okay. Uh, gotcha. And gotcha. I subsequently did a lot of movies in North Carolina. Some Stephen King movies, some not. Uh, for Dino De Laurentiis, who had opened a studio there in Wilmington. Gotcha. And, and, uh, yeah. What, uh, is there any, um, any experience you remember from that movie since it, you know, was your uh, first kind of directing, you know? Well, the, the fact that Drew had come from, uh, she had come from doing E.T., if I'm not mistaken. So it was really her young years and she was, uh, she was an interesting kid back then. Gotcha. Um, we had, there was all kinds of things on that movie. We had the Cujo dog, if you remember the oh, Cujo okay. movies. Yep. He was in the movie. Uh, it was kind of what introduced me to, to American film. Uh, everything else I'd be prior to that, other than the Black Stallion films, I had shot in Canada. Okay. Uh, what are some dis distinct differences that you remember between Canadian Canadian films and, or I should say, maybe sets Canadian set and American well, set? 
There's really not. I mean, the the process is is the same, mm. um, and it's evolved over the years, of course, with with the advent of CGI and things. But um, it's kind of there's no real difference. I mean, okay. Canada now is as busy as America okay. in the film industry. Awesome. Would you? Um as you were kind of talking, you have the Cujo dog, you've got Drew Barrymore. Um, as a, a director, is it mostly, like, what's mostly your job during a day, a typical day? My, actually, my job as an assistant director is what I was on the film, is uh, to uh, schedule the movie uh, from day to day, make sure that everything's there to shoot the movie, uh, assist the director, run the set basically I'm the one that rolls the camera and make sure the background actors are doing what they're supposed to be doing make yep. sure boom mics are out of this the shot yeah that's part and parcel of myself and the cameraman but yes mm -hmm. uh, so I'm essentially the the boss on set the organizer gotcha of the movie awesome cool very cool um so that was, so Cat's Eye is the first one you can remember. Um, Cat's Eye, then it went on from there to a movie called Silver Bullet, I think was my next one down there. And, and that was another Stephen King movie about werewolves. And then uh, movies like Maximum Overdrive. Okay. Which in, in that was, I was just a stuntman in that. Uh Raw Deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, many, many. Yeah, I a can't lot. Remember. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I just saw one of these questions here. Kind of, we're kind of backtracking here, but we talked about your role on Black Stallion. Um, was there, or in stunts, what's one of the worst experiences you ever had being either a, a stunt writer or a wrangler or just in, you know, and it, it can be whichever movie, just one of your worst experience that maybe somebody wouldn't think of being a stunt, stunt writer. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really had a worst experience. I gotta say, I mean, the odd bump and grind. I mean, you, mm -hmm. if you're falling off a horse, you're going to get bruised up with her. It's just part of the deal. Yep. Um, yeah, I've had a few knocks and bangs over the years. Sure. What about, or maybe uh, I would imagine many actors or actresses aren't doing stunts, but anything that was kind of funny uh, on a set doing a stunt? Um, um, uh, I mean, stunts aren't meant to be funny, I guess, in, a, in that sense. Uh I, oh, yeah, okay, I'll give you a, okay. a funny one. I'm doing a movie called uh, Harry Tracy Desperado, and I'm leading a posse. And I've got an actor on a horse, another wrangler, a couple actors, and me. And I need to ride up to this clearing, pull out a rifle, and shoot two people in the distance. Okay. And then wait for a bit of dialogue from the actor who, who I can't see because he's behind me. And then I answer him. Well, the dialogue never came. And I waited. And when I turned around, 
everybody behind me had been bucked off their horses because I guess my gunshots spooked all the horses. Spooked the horses. <laughs> and they were all on the ground. So that was kind of a funny That was moment. kind of funny, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, going through, um, we'll kind of keep going chronologically, okay. you know. Um, which, which was the movie to you? Uh, and this could be as a, as a stunt writer, assistant director, um, that you were kind of like, yeah, this, like, I want to do this. This is something I want to keep doing. Um, and it could have been on set. It could have been, I don't know, the success of the movie, but which one was what, where you were like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. I think, I think I'd always had a desire to do it. Um, so in the early days, I guess, I got to say Black Stallion and, and uh, those films uh, were were really instrumental in me wanting to stay in the industry. Okay. Because I, I like the process. I like the people. I like the adventure and the travel. And uh, Still working with horses. and Still working with horses. And even not, even beyond working with horses, just the, the whole gathering a group of people together for five or six or seven months, you become a family. And, uh, yeah, I, it was cool. It was, it was a privilege to yeah. do for me. Awesome. Yeah. Kind of on the flip of the coin there, which movie where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> oh shit. Um, which movie did I, what's that? Or maybe, maybe there are multiple movies. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, uh, have I ever, I've done a few stinkers, I guess. Uh, I've never, never admitted defeat on any film. Let's okay. put it that way. So awesome. I've never said I don't want to do this anymore for any reasons other than maybe now as I'm older, I appreciate uh, being home a lot more than I do being away on a, on a, on a movie. Yeah. For five, six months, yeah. especially with the last couple of years we've had yeah. with COVID and things like that. Cool. No, that's awesome. That's a great answer. Um, so cool. Okay. So we're still in North Carolina. Um, still in North Carolina. Um, like I say, I worked there for quite a while. And then, uh, while I was there, I bought a rather large horse farm in Ocala, Florida and uh, had the farm and worked in the in the film industry at the same time. Cool. I raised thoroughbreds mm -hmm. in in Florida for twenty years, and then eventually came to Wyoming. And is that this friendship with Fred was still ongoing? Well, and yes and no. I mean, I I uh, was a combination of of uh, things that finally got me to Wyoming full time. One was a woman. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. No, that's awesome. Um, now, I, I think uh, I'd love to hear your your um, explanation between the difference between a producer versus, you know, assistant director, director on a movie. Producer is an open-ended position in the sense that there's many types of producers. There's financial money type guys who are producers who either have the property, raise the money, uh, bring the, the 
the property to the filmmakers. Uh, the other type of producers are the ones that are there every day making the movie. Uh, so when you see credits on a film, if you notice, there's uh, executive producers, then there's producers, and then there's always a line producer usually. Uh, usually the executive producers are are either the the money people. These days, a lot of actors end up as executive producers. Sure. Uh, and then there's the day-to-day producer who's there every day that who I work closely with. And then the line producer is really uh, kind of the financial minder on set. Okay. Awesome. And now you've been you've been producers. Uh, I've been a, a producer, producer on. I forget how many movies. Sure. Not that many. Uh, and my producing on films is uh, part and parcel of being an assistant director producer combination. Gotcha. Okay. So it's on the set. It's a set. Yep. Which is that that's been your experience, yeah. you know, most of the time. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Um, okay. So you got a horse farm, North Carolina. Um, let's talk about, I think anyone that has run into you here in town knows you've been a part of Forrest Gump. So, uh, you know, how did that come about? I think someone told me you were currently on another movie and then you jumped over to Forrest Gump or how did, how did you land uh, Forrest Gump? uh, That was a, a big decision moment in my career. Actually, I had worked with Bob Zemeckis on a number of films Back to the Future 2 and 3, Death Becomes Her. I think there was one more. I can't remember. Uh, and Forrest Gump was in the was in the future, uh, but not a film that was ready to be made yet. So I actually took a job in Canada on a movie called uh, Legends of the Fall. Okay. Great film. Great people. Uh, I was the assistant director, Brad Pitt. Him and I rode horses together, preparing for the movie. Uh, I was five or six weeks into prep on the film. And I get a call from the Zemeckis group. We're going to make Gump. And I went, it's not fair. (laughs) I'm, I'm on this movie. I can't quit this movie. Anyway, we went round and round and round, and I quit the movie, and which is uh, one of the worst things I, I feel I've ever done in my career in the movie industry was to quit any movie, but especially Legends, because it was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did, and I went to Gump, which that year or the next year after it was released actually won the Academy, and when it was up against... Legends. Legends didn't win. Gump did win. Uh, yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Uh, um, tough decision. Cause I, I feel like you're probably very loyal once you commit that. Yeah, you, you are. Yep. You, yeah. It's uh, doing any film is a commitment. Mm-hmm. You don't want to not be there. Right. Right. In this, in this case, I, I wasn't there. When, uh, were you there when it won the Academy Award? And I was actually, uh, on another film in Nashville, I think at the time. So I didn't go. 
because gotcha. I had to work. Yeah. So. But w- when, when did you feel like there was that relief where you're like, okay, it was, it was okay to leave legends. It and, was never okay. I got, okay. I mean, to this day, <laughs> still bugs it's a, you. It's a bit of a thorn in my side. The sure. director actually, a guy named Edswick for years, we didn't talk. And then we actually made up, uh, I forget how many, maybe five or six years ago, we both, the producer put us back together to make a movie in China. What was that? I can't remember. The name. Oh, the Great Wall or something it was called. Uh, and I went to, I said to the producer, I said, look, I don't think this is going to work because we've had this, you know, I quit, I quit him on <laughs> Anyway, Ed, he put us together. Ed and I went out for dinner and had a great dinner and talked about our pasts and mended our, mended our, our pasts. And unfortunately the movie never got made by us. It ended up being made by somebody else. Uh, but yeah, we, so we became friends again. Mend fences. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. We mended that fence. So. Very cool. <laughs> wow. What, um, what's an experience on, on Gump that you remember? That was really cool. Oh boy. Um, There's probably quite a few. Many, many, many. But I think one of the, I mean, Tom Hanks, first of all, was amazing on Gump. Uh, The the, uh, making of the film was very difficult because we had a big problem with the studio, money, scheduling. So it was a group of people that got together to do something in adversity in, in many ways. Um, the crazy things that happened on that film were there was a big explosion we did in uh, where Tom carries Bubba out of the forest. Sure. And uh, it was a two-part shot because, of course, we couldn't put Tom Hanks in the explosion with Bubba. So, so I did the explosion and then... Uh, ran Tom and Bubba out after, but the explosion itself was very large and the director, Bob, uh, got a little bored, I guess, and he said, look, you just do this, I'll be over there. So I got really busy getting the shot ready and uh, when we were ready, because we had napalm and gas and gunpowder and everything else, I rolled all the cameras and blew blew the place up. Well, Bob wasn't there. <laughs> Bob had gone to the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> and didn't tell me. So he came back red-faced and a little pissed and soon realized that it was actually his mistake, not mine. But I think that ended up being quite a story around Hollywood for a long time. Sure. In fact, the... the uh, this series that's on Netflix now, the movies that made us, uh, the what the Gump uh, episode has a reference to to that moment. It doesn't it doesn't use my name, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that was one of the biggest moments on Gump. One of the tenderest moments on Gump was the day he stood at Jenny's grave uh, and talked to her which is a memorable moment for me. But that particular day was a Saturday. It was a piece of equipment that didn't show up. So what I had planned to do that Saturday, I couldn't do. So 
So I went to Tom. I said, look, can you do the Jenny grave scene today? And he looked at me. He said, yeah, I can do it. So the shot was uh, was a long dolly track. Uh, the camera started way back and pushed in slowly into Tom at the grave. And the guy on the dolly was a guy named Moose, big strapping grip. Fun guy, but, you know, pretty gruff. Partway through the shot, he started crying. The grip did. I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> so I made him push the dolly backwards so that Tom wouldn't see him crying. Sure. So that was a memorable moment, funny moment. Very cool. Yeah. And an impromptu, as you said, you yeah. know, he had something. And Tom else. pulled it off. I mean, yeah. did such a great job. If you watch the movie, you'll see that. We interrupt this interview for one of our amazing partners, DYT Solutions. DYT Solutions is a locally owned and operated digital marketing agency responsible for helping brands like GobiWio establish a digital footprint and other marketing services across the Rocky Mountain region. Learn more about their team and services at DYTSolutionsWY.com. Now back to our interview. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, very cool. Um, I, I do want to get to what you're doing now and what you do here in Sheridan and kind of, uh, you know, you still work. Of course, we were kind of talking about that. Um, um, I, I just wanted to name off. I kind of wrote down a list of movies that, you know, um, that were my favorite that I noticed that you've done. Okay. Um, another Tom Hanks one, Apollo 13. Um, my dad, is a big engineer and he had contracts with NASA. So of course we've watched Apollo 13. Um, that was a good one. Yeah. was, um, I wonder, I'm always curious, how did you guys, it was, a, how did you guys do the space scenes and the set? And we actually, um, it was, that was a twofold operation. We did some stuff on set on, uh, not so much really wires, but just, uh, floating, mechanically around the set but the, re the majority of the weightless stuff was done uh, on fun on what's fondly called by NASA the vomit comet okay we actually built the sets uh, NASA let us uh, go uh, in the vomit comet we built the sets in the vomit comet which was actually a KC-135 built in 1958 uh, so it was an old plane. The guy that flew it is the same pilot that used to piggyback the shuttle back and forth. From California. Okay. So very competent crew. We all, the little group of us that did the, that work was Ronnie Howard, the, the three actors, myself, a couple of camera guys, I think one grip. It was a very small bunch of guys. We had one electrician. We had to go and train at Pendleton and different places as if we were going to be astronauts. Sure. Or do all the hyperbaric chamber stuff and yada, yada, yada. So we achieved most of it uh, in 30-second spurts. Uh, we used to get on that plane, go out across the uh, Gulf of Mexico, go to 50,000 feet, and then just free fall uh, to about, I think, 20,000. I can't remember, exactly remember. So it's called a parabola. And you'd go weightless. Right. Well, in that period. So we had to plan each shot uh, meticulously before we, every, in the morning, we'd rehearse it all. In the afternoon, we go shoot. 
And that's how we achieved the weightless stuff. Very cool. Yeah, so on set, kind of floating ore on that. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, Very most, cool. A lot of it uh, for real, weight, in a real weightless situation on the in the NASA trainer. Sure. Yeah. Very cool. Um, bad Boys, I think that's, of course, uh, I bet that was a fun one to do. Bad Boys was an interesting film. <laughs> Michael Bay's first movie ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Michael was a bit crazy. Maybe still is. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we've, we've done a few together. I was going to say, you've done a couple with him, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun one to do. The boys were good. Martin and... Uh, and uh, Will. Will. Yeah. <laughs> did a great job. We shot it mostly in Florida and South Beach when South Beach was still being developed. Sure. Uh, yeah, whoops, good. Awesome. Fun. Uh, you already mentioned the Back to the Future two and three. Um, those are always those are classics and fun. I would imagine. Well, they were they were a lot of fun. Uh, the Western one, number three, was oh sure was. Well, they were both fun, but the Western was a lot of fun given how we did it. Uh, we actually put the DeLorean on the railway track. We put train wheels on it and had the train chase it. Uh, Where was that at? That was in Sonora, California. There was yeah. a, I forget, the this private railroad up there. Cool. The loudest so I actually put it on there. Yeah. Put it on there. In the second movie, all the hoverboard chase was done for real. We no CGI. We put everybody on 70-foot wires on an arbor on a champion crane and flew everybody around uh, on the wires every day. Uh, the only, I think, CG part of that sequence was when Biff's rockets fired. Sure. So that was so everyone's, everyone's on wires in that everybody's scene. Everybody's on wires. Very cool. It was a, that was, for us, it was a big achievement to do that uh, for real. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. No, that's cool. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a question of mine that I was going to ask you about that scene. Very cool. Um, uh, let's. Keep, I do want to. I do want to ask a question about Shanghai Noon. Okay. Um, One of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I've always since I've got you in here now. I can kind of tell you this. My my mom is Korean and she was adopted. Her her adopted family's from Buffalo. And so my brother and I growing up here, you know, we obviously look Asian. Um, and so when Shanghai Noon came out, we loved that movie because just, you know, him coming out to the West and all the get-ups he had to wear and things like that. So uh, I'm a big Jackie Chan fan. So he's a cool dude. Love Shanghai Noon. So, um, and he does his all, uh, he does all of his stunts. For the most part. I okay. mean, as he's getting a little longer in the tooth no but yes he that's what he's famous for right yeah and was this um was this his first american movie or he's no, he he done others uh, he i think he did all those uh the buddy movies with chris rock was it chris rock oh the rush hour the rush hour rush movies. hour movies he's okay. done them prior prior to shanghai noon okay yeah, yeah. Awesome. Sure. I'd have to look at his. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. What was your, what was your first experience meeting uh, Jackie on that one? Um, uh, teaching him how to ride the horse. Oh, very cool. Which was cool. I mean, he, and he did great. I mean, he was really good. Uh, the horse that we picked for him was talented, very talented horse. 
and Jackie took to it, did a great job. We taught the horse a bunch of tricks on, for the film for him and with him. Uh, yeah, Jackie, it was a, f a fond memory of that movie because Owen Wilson, between him and Owen Wilson, a lot of it was ad-libbed. Uh, oh, okay. Improved. Improved with Owen especially. Yeah. And, uh, and Jackie was just a pleasure. They were both a pleasure, but Jackie was amazing. Awesome. Well, and there is, I'm remembering as you were talking about learning him how to ride the horse and then the horse was talented. I'm remembering there's a lot of, uh, um, a lot of things go on in that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of scenes with the horses and yeah. awesome. Very cool. Um, awesome. No, I'm Some cool. funny stuff like Jackie trying to saddle the horse and the horse ripping the saddle blanket off each time. So he can't put the saddle on. <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun moments. Very Actually, cool. just a, as a sidebar story to that. Yes. When I, uh, when I became a citizen of America, I had to go to Casper to do an interview. And the guy that interviewed me was Korean. And he wasn't the best English speaker. Sure. But it all came about as it does, you know, the, what do you do for a living and yada, yada, yada. And uh, he found out that I knew Jackie Chan. Well, the whole interview, my whole citizenship interview that I had studied a hundred questions for, knew all the answers, was thrown out the window because all he wanted to do was talk about Jackie Chan. <laughs> that's funny. That's awesome. Uh, that's very cool. Um well, people, we got to ask, you know, like, like I said, I gotta, I gotta ask cause we, we were, you know, uh, my brother and I looked up to those movies a little bit and, um, very cool. Um, have you done any other movies with Jackie? No, I was meant to do one. What was the one he did in London? Not long ago. Oh, the foreigner, the foreigner. Cause the director on that's a dear friend of mine. And for budgetary reasons, they wanted to have an English guy do it instead of me. So I couldn't do it, which was a big disappointment for me. Oh, yeah, that's a good So film. we've never worked again. Oh. Together. We've, not, we've stayed in touch, but we never ha worked. Haven't done anything after. Okay. Um, kind of moving through here, uh, Casino Royale, um, you know, bringing... Um, uh, um, bringing Daniel Craig into the industry. Yep, into, yep, into a 007. Yeah. Um, no, that was... Uh, Another favorite. It was a long, long movie to make. We had fun. Uh, we traveled to many countries, as you do on the Bonds. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, I don't know what everybody else thinks, but I still think Casino was maybe one of the better Daniel Craig Bonds. Uh, you, de you definitely can't say it. I mean, because it, it, I mean, it moonshotted him to have it what did. they're doing five now with him, I think. Yeah. Um, when uh, he's now done, he's, he's, uh, he's done his Bond career now with this last one. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I think Casino kicked it off well. Yes. And was one of the, the better Bonds of, uh, of this time period. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you, how did you guys do the, uh, I think it's the last car scene um, when they f they flip they flip his. We did it for real. We hold the record, or 
I don't hold the record. The stuntman holds the record for how many times that car flipped over the. Because it's a real. Because it's a real flip. It's a real flip. Yeah. How do you um? How do you do that? I mean, we put a cannon in the car. Okay. Which is a thing that hits the ground and flips the car, and. and yeah, and it went for a ride. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it was um, good. Um, last one of mine that I noticed you did was in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, uh, That's a Tom or um, Brad Pitt movie. It um, is a Brad Pitt movie. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie yep. as well, which is always a treat and a challenge all in one. Uh, what's, what's your first memory of Quentin Tarantino? Quentin is uh, an interesting cat. He's very talented. He wrote the script. He's, he's as much a star as the actors are. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Very cool. Um, well, awesome. Well, and we've kind of talked a lot about these movies, but, um, um, so what do you do now with your time? You, uh, would you say you're retired? You know, how did you? Well, I'm, I'm retired somewhat. I mean, I'm still doing movies. I, lately it's been one a year. I think I recently did a movie called The Protégé, which for good or for bad, I kind of, the long and short of it is I started doing all these superhero movies, which took forever. And, you know, Batman, Superman, Man of Steel, Spider-Man, Green Lantern, all these are movies where you're gone for a long, long time on every project. So I looked at myself one day and I said, that's it. No more men in cape movies. I'm done. Uh, I I just, I want to be home more. So lately I've been doing uh, a dear friend of mine who I've done many movies with is a guy named Martin Campbell who directed Casino. We did Zorro's together. We did a bunch of stuff. Uh, So these last two films I've done, I've been with him. Awesome. All in Europe mostly. Uh, and they're the right fit. They're like five months away, five, six months. Uh, and then I'm home and it's, uh, so that's been a treat. Awesome. Yeah. yeah Cause you kind of, you know, I think in, in the, I'd say last 10 years you've done, you know, Man of Steel, uh, the, the Justice League, I guess, um, Green Lantern, you know, those superheroes that you mentioned. Yeah. So, and they're fun. I mean, don't get me wrong and great experiences, but they just take a lot out of your life. Take a long time. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, well talking about that. So you're home more, um, more, we got, I mean, I'm involved in, uh, with the Ledoux saloon group. mm -hmm. So we have one in town and then we just acquired the, uh, the Bozeman trail and, in uh, Bighorn, so yep. So I'm part of that group. I don't, other than, other than, uh, I don't do much other than show up sometimes. <laughs> well, and um, I wanted to ask because um, your Fred Fred Larson is is kind of more central Wyoming. Yeah. How did you guys land on Sheridan? You know, north uh, northeastern Wyoming. Um, well, had you been through here before? Or? Uh, yeah, I actually shot part of. Uh, just a wee bit of uh, a movie that ended up being called, it was the Viking movie. What was the name of that thing? Uh, it was called Eaters of the Dead originally. What did we end up? Oh, 13th Warrior. Oh, 13th Warrior. Okay. So we chopped part of that here. Or resh- we did some additional scenes here, which brought me back to Sheridan. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then just fell in love with it from yeah. being out here. Cool. And I like the people and I like the town. And, 
And uh, yeah, I quite enjoy it. And now I live out in Bighorn and I'm happy. I'm a happy person. Wonderful. Do you have any horses out there? I do. I've got, right now I've got one horse and one donkey. <laughs> My, I've got another horse and a donkey at a dear friend of mine's who are retired and she won't give them back, but uh, <laughs> she kept them while I was away. Kind of hers now, right? They're hers now. <laughs> Part of the fabric of her ranch. Yeah. So. Wonderful. Um, so kind of on that thread, you kind of mentioned, you know, 13th Warrior, some scenes were shot here, did some reshots. Um, I, I would imagine you've maybe thought about this, you know, trying to be home more, um, probably traveling around the state, seeing the scenery. You know, how can Wyoming, um, you know, be more... Um, Film friendly? Yeah, film friendly. I'm trying to think of... Uh, um, how, how can it make movies? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, the industry these days is centered around money a lot more than it used to be. So uh, the places where you make movies these days are incentive-driven. Gotcha. So like, I think the biggest incentive state now is Georgia. Sure. Uh, New Mexico... It's doing pretty good again these days. They're, they've got incentives, uh, European incentives, Canadian incentives. I think uh, Yellowstone went to uh, Montana from Utah because it was being shot in Utah because the uh, Montana government ponied up, I think, $10 million or something to gotcha. get them to come there. I was just about to ask. When you say incentives, that means this, the state is, yeah. they're chipping in something. They're chipping okay. in. Uh, so incentives are really essentially the films go there, they spend a lot of money and the state reimburses them for certain things. Gotcha. Uh, whether it be local hires or room and board, maybe uh, yeah. all kinds. Yeah. yeah anything. I mean, the state in theory is, is, uh, gains, you know, from the people living there and spending money and buying materials and renting vehicles and sure. staying in hotel rooms, yada, yada, yada. And they rebate part of the budgets back to the film company. Do you think, do you think that'd be worthwhile for Wyoming to look at or maybe uh, it's... I, I think it would really be worthwhile if we could get them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a, it's, and I don't know who's going to see this podcast, but it's been uh, an ongoing Challenge. Challenge and and uh, to get them to get interested in, in doing it. Sure. For a lot of us people who live in Wyoming that are filmmakers, of which there's many here, mm -hmm. uh, the whole uh, group of Sean Parker and and Max Brown, and there's some talented people here. We were talking about like Kent Sherwood. I mean, you've got local talent that can... Yeah. Uh, It'd be great to, uh, there's many films that should be made here that aren't made here. They either go to Canada or they go to New Mexico or, and, uh, or they go to Utah or wherever they go. Uh, so it's, it's a bit of a, I'll call it a sad moment. Yeah. Sad thing. And we're working on it, but I don't, we'll see. Yeah. Well, and like you, it's kind of a chicken and the egg. I mean, the state does maybe need to take the position that they'll pony up, but then like you said, well, somebody's got to commit to doing it. Yeah. People would come here if they were, if the state would. Would pony up. Would pony up uh, incentive money. I mean, there's been bits and pieces done here. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the state has a minimal uh, 
uh, incentive now. And I think, and I may be talking out of school, but I think they're discussing increasing that. Sure. Uh, but so far, nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing of any consequence. Right. Right. No, that's awesome. That's great to hear. And, um, I love just, uh, always love hearing people say why they love Sheridan is the people, you know, and yeah, it's the people, it's the atmosphere. It's, I mean, for me, I like the Bighorn Mountains. I live, I live out above the polo fields and it's, I get up every morning and I see wonderful things, you know. Yep. <laughs> Not surrounded by people either. You've yeah. been, you've probably been around a lot of places where there's yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> no, it's nice to have that seclusion yet be mm-hmm. close to town and. Yeah. Awesome. Um, last couple questions. Um, like you said, you kind of pick one movie a year. Lately it's been, that. um, yeah. what's kind of your, um, what's kind of your process, your checklist of how you're picking one? And- well, it's kind of, I've kind of just Martin Campbell, as I say, and I have, we've been working together. So whatever he does, I do. Gotcha. Uh, I actually just turned down, Expendables for Martin's not doing that, but they wanted me to come to Bulgaria and do Expendables for, and I graciously said, "No, thank you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Have you worked with any of those guys before? Those oh, actors? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've worked with them. Yeah, very cool. The Schwarzeneggers and all that bunch. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, very cool. Um, now, are you working on a book, Bruce? I'm not working on it. Okay. <laughs> we'll no. cut that out. <laughs> book, book about me? No. Or, or another book. Or just, um, I don't know if it's about you or about um, maybe talking about the movie industry, like stunts or... Um, no, I'm, I'm not. Okay. Uh, we're kind of writing a script about, uh, from a book. Called, oh, okay. It's called A Thousand White Women, The Diaries of Mary Dodd, uh, that should shoot... In Wyoming, Montana, uh, and the Dakotas. Gotcha. Uh, but we're still working on that. Gotcha. So working on the script from the book. Okay. From the book. Yeah. And then anybody. Great, great story. And anyone in the state legislature, it should be shot here in Wyoming. So. It should be we, shot here. We should be speeding that up. Unlike <laughs> Longmire, which should have been shot in Wyoming. Yes. Shot in New Mexico. and mm-hmm different films. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see. Well, Carter can get on a mic if he wants, if he's got any questions. Um, Oh, I just had shoot. What did I just had? I had a question. Nope. Lost it. Carter, do you have anything that you wanted to ask Bruce while we've got him down here? I don't No, Awesome. No, that was great. We learned a whole lot about all different movies and your, your story. That was great. Um, I do want to say, have you met, have you talked to Tom Balding before, Bruce? Have Tom you, and I are dear friends. Okay. So, friends. so he's and Sam Martin and I are good friends. Awesome. Uh, so he's, so Tom's told you that one of the reasons he wanted to move out here is Black Stallion. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was a very cool story when he was in here. This interview with Bruce Moriarty is brought to you by Fly Sheridan. Save time, fly local. The Sheridan County Airport has reliable air service operated by SkyWest Airlines. With newly remodeled terminal, construction for additional parking, and daily flights to Denver, Sheridan is quickly becoming one of the busiest airports in the region. Book today via united.com. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. Now back to our interview with Bruce Moriarty. Bruce, you know, just to finish out, you know, um, what do you love about um, the state of Wyoming and can be shared. And I mean, you, you've got, you've kind of, you're part of two businesses. Um, 
you know, somewhat retired, but, uh, you talked about the people, but what else do you love about, you know, being out here and just, uh, taking in the, the, the scenery? I just, uh, I don't know. What do I love about Wyoming? I like the fact that there's only one area code. So there's not many people and the people that are here want to be here, uh, which I think is important to, to the atmosphere of the whole place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I love the wildlife. I love the scenery. I just, it's home. It's home. I mean, it's become home. I've been here full time since I think 2005. Okay. Not that long ago, but. Yeah. And I don't think I'd ever leave, you know. Wonderful. I think I'm here for good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. We love hearing that. Well, um. Bruce, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. And then the, the snow today, like we were saying, you know, that we were kind of worried yesterday if it was going to well, keep coming down. Yesterday was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Actually. Today wasn't bad. No, today was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate it. And I, I do want to give, I, I'm going to give my wife a shout out because you know her from, I do, uh, for, yeah. for a long time at Starbucks and uh, she, uh, she graciously let me get in contact with you. So I really oh, appreciate a, she's that. She's a good girl. I've been watching you guys actually with your training and your. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Personal training and she's working out with me. Yeah. Okay. You want to get up that early and come with us? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll train at home. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. <laughs> I I'm fine. What I do at home. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, that's uh, Bruce Moriarty. Bruce, thanks again for stopping by. Well, thanks for having me boys. Um,